Welcome to the Mind of Muggles podcast where we talk all things moguls. And what's on your mind? Let's go. We got a guest in the building. First guest. Oh my gosh, really? You are the first one. I feel special. You are. You are. Um, and she's not at the market today. Is it today that you go to the market? Yeah, I'm always at the market every Sunday. No, I was wondering about that. I was like, she must be coming after the market. No, I just, I didn't go today. So it was Oktoberfest. And this year I decided not to do it. Um, took the Sunday off, so I'm here with y'all. Oh, we are on there. Yes. yes, I love it. <laughs> um, how was your week? How was how's it been, Monique? How's it been? It's been a busy week, but you just got off the road, didn't you? Literally, just hopped off the highway. See, that's fine. how moguls do. Wow. Gotta go record this podcast. I'll see y'all later. Bye. <laughs> That's how moguls do. Yeah. Ella, how you in? I've been good. It's a busy time, stressed, yeah. but in a good way. So <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited. Um, it has been. Ooh, I feel like every week I do that. I take a deep. <laughs> I take a deep breath every week, but I am. It's been interesting i'm trying to figure out kind of what's next for the businesses and mm, with um, the s i can tell yeah. that too because we haven't really talked about this yeah so I, I just i know that means you up to yeah. something yeah and i have narrowed down like where i want to move i think mm-hmm. i've narrowed it down to like four so i'm gonna plan some visits uh at the top of next year quarter one Mm-hmm. And start making those preparations. Um, and I gave myself three years to move from Chattanooga. So. Okay, that gives me a year more than I thought I had. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, three yes. is good. Three is good. Is it three the number of completions? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And I just, that number just dropped in my spirit. But this is not about me. Let's. Will it in, will it in. Um, we need to introduce our guests because, I mean, we know Ella, but, you know, some people may not know Ella. So, um, I'm trying to think when I met Ella, when did we meet? I'll tell you. It was February of 2021. No. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was. That's when I first, like, saw you in person. <clears throat> it was the Black History month at the mall oh yeah the expo oh my god and it had to be i think it was 2021 it had to be yeah and then i remember my friend was like girl you got to get on tiktok and i was like i do not want to do not another (laughs) subscription thing where i have to create nothing post nothing and i was like who who is doing this well so um, I reached out and I was like, can I just schedule a meeting with you? And we met at one of the local coffee shops mm-hmm. and she dropped some gems and I'm so appreciative. Of course, I'm excited yes. that like you went forward and actually did it. Right. Cause sometimes you talk to people, even aspiring entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs and you know, a lot of good, great conversation happens, but there's no follow through. Right. So I was excited to see that you follow through and that you had so much success with it. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, um, tell us about you. Tell the people who you are, what you do. Well, <laughs> and she didn't bring what she does. So oh we, my gosh, we kind of we hurt. We I'm sorry, okay. y'all. it's all right though. I apologize. I bring. I can't even promise to bring some next time because you know my memory. <laughs> we gonna remind you. That's one thing. Listen, y'all, being a mogul, you need a personal assistant. No. That I, part. Because if I had somebody to be like. Remind the guests, you know, what time to be there, da da da. But um, we send out automatic email uh, reminders and stuff. So, but yes, tell the people who you are, who yeah. we got in the building. So, look at me looking at the audience like there's somebody there. <laughs> but they are. <laughs> I'm Ella Livingston. I own a company called Coco Asante. And what we do is we handcraft beautiful chocolates that are almost too pretty to eat. Now, that's our tagline now, but we're going through a revamping, um, and we're becoming bean to bar, which means that we're going to be processing the cacao beans ourselves. So as we revamp and we rebrand, like, my tagline's going to change, everything's going to change. But it's changing. 
Yeah. So I'm going through like the strategy of that, like right now. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to try to be creative when you're like already running something yes. and you have to like be intentional about setting the aside, aside the time just to think who would have thought that that was so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. We make pretty chocolates and our goal is to really make an impact in the cocoa industry, specifically in Ghana, um, by just changing the way uh, we're able to source direct um, and by being able to pay farmers more and address all the inequities in the cocoa industry. Okay. Awesome. So excited to have you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Every time Anit goes to the market on Sundays, <laughs> let me just say she always texts me is like, I got the I got the goods. Yes. She she was there. Yeah, so buddy. um when did you start Coco Asante? And tell me how to pronounce it. Coco Asante. Asante. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause girl, I don't know what I be saying. I be Sometimes saying I I say it the black way, Asante, like Ashanti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually interesting because, so I'm from the Asante tribe in Ghana, and it's spelled A-S-A-N, oh my God, A-S-A-N-T-E. But the British spelling of that is Ashanti, right? Which is the same spelling as Ashanti. What does it mean? Uh, So Asante is just the name of of my tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, But the British, of course, they have to come in and change everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not much difference between Asante and Ashanti, but they had to create the English way of it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the English spelling of it. So when I created the company, I was actually trying to debate, do I go this spelling or do I go with the, like, you know, the more recognizable Mm -hmm. one? But I wanted to stay as authentic and as true to my culture as possible, so I chose the Ghanaian way of spelling it. Mm -hmm. As you should. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so when did you first start? I know it started with with the trip overseas. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Like how? Because when I be going on trips, I ain't thinking about starting <laughs> nothing. I just I'm there. I'm traveling. Yeah. So that's awesome. Honestly, to so it, the idea happened when I was uh, sitting abroad in Japan, and honestly, like I didn't go with the intention of starting a business or anything like that. Like at the time, I was studying mathematics and engineering. I was there for a year just to gain as much cultural experience, just to expose myself. And it just so happened that I went to this like ritzy district called the Ginza District. I spent 20 bucks buying this beautiful box of chocolates. The customer service was spectacular, as is like known in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a chocoholic. I don't normally buy chocolate for myself. I just so happened to walk into the shop and say, okay, let me just buy something. Um, and I was a broke college student. So the fact that I spent 20 bucks on a box of chocolate was like, I, you know, it didn't. I was yeah. like, why, why would I do this? Why? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> so then I remember going back to my dorm room, and I remember opening, and the packaging was beautiful, and they had like a little mini fork, like next to the box, and you would use it to like poke into each of the little squares, and the first piece of chocolate I put in my mouth, literally changed my life, and it was just I was like, oh my gosh, this is so spectacular. The the decadence, the richness, how mm-hmm. fresh it tasted, how it melted, the texture. I had never experienced chocolate like that. And I wanted to bring that experience back like with me to the U.S., uh, just overall. So even leaving you know, Japan, I would always say, oh, you know, I'm from Ghana. Everybody knows us where cocoa beans come from or one of the countries where mm-hmm. great cocoa beans comes from. And I knew my family history with the cocoa farms. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to you know, start my own chocolate factory. But I don't think I took myself seriously. Because I came back and I pursued education. <laughs> I came back and I pursued education. So uh, it wasn't until me and my um, Rudy, he's now my husband, we went to visit my dad. My dad was like, didn't you want to start a chocolate fact or a chocolate company? And that reignited kind of like mm-hmm. the idea of what I wanted to do. And from then on, I actually like put towards energy in starting this business. So 2018 is when I officially registered the business. 2018. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. Yeah. I can't believe it's been five years now. I know. Awesome. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Time be flying. Yeah, when you be yeah productive and doing stuff. Yeah. There's a growth in that amount of time. Yeah. And we didn't see amazing. a lot of... Thank you. Thank you. And it's like we didn't see a lot of that growth until literally this year. Like, we've been, like we've been growing. Yeah. But, like, 
it's like when you start from zero, if, if you make, I think our first year we did maybe $900 that first year. <clears throat> and to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like $900, you know, like mm-hmm. that's an, like so many, so many people believed in my dream, dream enough to support me to the point where I made $900 in an entire year. So it felt like something, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so to see our growth from where I'm $900 in a year and you grow and you grow and you grow and where you are now, where you're able to hire employees, afford health insurance, afford a location. It's like, this is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. And if, you know, if in my first year somebody gave me a million dollars, I honestly, I think sometimes when you want to start a business, you think about how much money you're going to make and it's going to be great. But there's a mental, like a mindset changes you have to go through. Absolutely. Especially when you don't come from much where, because if you get a million dollars, you're not going to know how to manage that. And you might be hearing and be like, oh, but whatever. But if I got a million dollars, like it'd be a game changer. No, I'm telling you, you wouldn't know what to do with that money, where to put it, how to grow it. Uh, you, I don't even feel comfortable spending money at, at the stage that I am. Not a million dollars, y'all. Not yet. But, <laughs> but it's coming. But it's coming. <laughs> but it's like, if it's so hard for me now to like mm-hmm. spend money, like how am I going to try to like run a million dollar company? I got to pay employees. I'm sitting here being stingy because I don't want to, I don't want to pay money, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there's a whole mindset change that has to come as you grow with your company. And that's been the beautiful part about this journey is I'm glad that it's happened now because I think I'm able to mentally handle the shift in thinking that happens now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monique, I can't hear you. I don't know. Yeah, you got to get on yeah. the mic. Like this. <clears throat> yeah. Um, can y'all see past me? Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Girl, um, <laughs> so the topic that we are discussing, so we, Monique and I, we sat down and we um, came up with topics um, pretty much through next year. We've got all of, like, our guests lined up and um so she's the first guest but there will be other guests guests. um and this particular episode we wanted to talk about marketing like a mogul Mm -hmm. so like i know simply props primarily we don't do any type of paid marketing or paid advertising um it primarily has been you know social media Mm -hmm. and using just my iPhone and and marketing that way. So um, what can you say to moguls who want to kind of get into it, but kind of just don't know where to start? I know like we, we hear the everything is content and that is very much true. But for the people who are recording the videos and then they're like, okay, now they're in my phone. And Mm -hmm. so now what? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be overwhelming, <clears throat> not going to lie. Content creation is very overwhelming. So if that is not your expertise, your goal is simply to get your business out there, showcase what you do, find your audience, and then as soon as you're able to, hire that role out. Because if that's not your gift and that's not your talent, you don't want to, like, content creation takes a lot of time. It does. And I don't think I realized how much time it started to consume me until I finally contracted somebody else to do it um but in terms of where to start i wish there was like okay step one step two step three and if you do these three steps you're good to go and you're guaranteed but the thing about content creation is as we all know every social media platform can change just like that um and there could be a new right now it's instagram facebook and tiktok is a new hot thing but tomorrow it could be something else you just never know And so your goal using social media is just to find the best way to showcase your business so that people know that you can know that you exist and know what you do. That's it. Um, And all of that, all of your content, your main goal should be if you're a business is to convert that content into people actually buying. That doesn't mean every day you're saying, hey, we have a sale. Hey, bye, bye, bye. It just means that you're showing who your brand is so that. Even if people are not buying now, maybe later on down the line, I'm a chocolate business. So even if people aren't buying now, that's fine. I know I want to curate a relationship with them. So Christmas, they buy. Valentine's, they buy. Birthdays, Mm -hmm. they buy. Celebrations, they buy, right? If they think of something special that they want to give, they think of us. So that's your main goal. You won't know what type of sounds to use, hashtags, how many hashtags, uh, what sort of captions, 
angles? Do they like behind the scenes? Um, do they like you sitting there just talking and doing storytelling, get readies with me? You won't know until you try. So just getting on that platform, watching what a good thing to do is uh, follow people who are doing well in your industry, who have a high follower and high engagement count, and then see what they're doing. And then don't try to reinvent the wheel, right. do something brand new. Right. Do your own behind the scenes, do your own whatever that content is that you see. You're going to see that there's like buckets that people tend to do where there's educational content, there's trends, um, there's the behind the scenes, there's the storytelling. So you're going to see those sort of categories and then you're just going to do content and try to give a variety to your audience. Um, and then what your audience responds to is what you give them more, more of, of. Mm -hmm. as long as it fits in your brand. Ooh. So there are things and there are trends that I want to do so <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, so bad. Ooh. Can I cuss on this? Like, if you want so to. So damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, um, who is my target customer? And if my target customer sees this and they ask me about this, can I explain myself? And if mm. I am going to stutter and feel awkward, this is not the content that I need to be posting. I am very much pro-black, pro-going back to Ghana, pro-building up Ghana. That is well known about the brand. But in being pro-black, that doesn't mean I'm anti-anything else. Right. So there's some content that, yeah, it's funny to me. You right. know, I want to show up with the folding chair with the <laughs> Alabama bra, you know, but... I can't because yeah. my audience will not respond well to that. Yeah. Right. right. So. Really good nuggets. I appreciate that. Important information. <laughs> how do you, how do you, okay, so last, last time we talked about networking and how, um, it, there's a difference between the networking that you do locally and mm -hmm. then the networking that you do like when you're going out of town when you're you know doing these grants and all different types types of things where it's not in your city mm -hmm. how important is it to know who you're marketing to because is Chattanooga of course because we live here mm -hmm. it is part of who you're marketing to yeah but we all know, because we know you, um, that Coco Saita is a global, it's a, it's, a, it's a brand that reaches beyond mm -hmm. where we are. Mm -hmm. So how important is it to know who you're marketing to? Because I think that can kind of help people to steer where they need to mm -hmm. and to kind of niche down like, okay, my market is here. Yeah. This is where I need to, to target my efforts. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll answer this in kind of two fronts. Um, in everything I do, I always keep my target customers. And I'll say customers because I have two target customers. And I always keep them in mind whenever I'm creating content, when I, whenever I'm deciding what to do, what events to accept, is my target customer going to be there? Now, for my target customers, I don't necessarily say they live in Chattanooga or Atlanta or New York. Mm -hmm. I more so describe them as, do they live in the suburbs or the city or, you know, right mm. outside the city or do they live in the country, you know, in the, in, the, in the country? Now, when you're doing this, are you doing it based off of history of purchase or you've set that as your ideal yeah, because I'm that's interested good. in how did you come up with yeah. your target customer? Yeah, so I, I I set who the target customer was first. It started to hone. I didn't really necessarily. So when I first started, my target customer was actually me. So it's a black girl who loves to travel, who probably lives in the city, has natural hair, has a high-paying tech job. That part's not me because I was a teacher. But has <laughs> <laughs> a high-paying tech job, does brunches, is probably a part of the beehive. Like that was my target customer, mm -hmm. right? Okay, um, so me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm always at the market. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't mind. You got me. You, you'll, you'll have the brand names, but you'll also support black and you'll also support local because you care about where your money is going. Okay. Right. So yeah. that was my initial target customer. So as we started to make sales, I noticed, hey, my target customer doesn't look like me. Um, my target customer was primarily um, a 30s white woman probably has a kid in you know some private school somewhere um you know has 2.5 kids Pro is a professional graduated master's degree but doesn't work her husband works they have a certain income 
and they probably live um, not in the city, but right outside the city in a, you know, a huge house, right? And I knew their income, et cetera, et cetera. So that second target customer is what I observed bought majority of what I sold. And that's just based off of where I am. Um, but I saw how well they responded. So that became a second target customer. And then mm-hmm. as we grew our brand, um, I just know those two primary customers yeah. were what we attracted. Um, and so one of, one of the target customers I created and that's who I was targeting. And the second target customer, I just so happened to find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting, um, both. So everything I do, I'm always thinking about those two. And the great thing is, although different, right. One is a, a, a woman with no kids, you know, type paying tech job, loves travel, all that good stuff. Um, they overlap in their values, right? Yeah. They value yeah. um, supporting <clears throat> marginalized communities, right? And they're okay with spending money as long as it goes towards a good cause. So that was a really nice thing to see that overlap. Awesome. Ooh, I'm just taking it in, trying to think, <laughs> girl, trying to figure out what I need to do to create, girl. <laughs> it's it's difficult. Trying yeah. to create a target customer yeah. because we all know that no, I don't want to be lifting these letters for 50 mm-hmm. cent. You know what I'm saying? But I also want to make it affordable. Yeah. But also pay me what I'm worth. That's right. Pay me what I'm worth. Pay me what my services are worth. Mm-hmm. And then not only what I'm worth, but just for my experience. Like yeah. people think, you know, oh, that's a lot per letter. This you're not paying for this one letter. You paying for the time, mm-hmm. the effort, the years that I done tried to build these things yep. and have perfected it. So, like getting into that, shifting that mindset to mm-hmm. say, okay, now, you know, we've gotten into a business, you know, gear. Okay, shifting to say, who do we want to, you know? And that's kind of where I've been this week, just kind of trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. For the business. So this is a really good thing for me to to sit in on like this marketing master class. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know when you were when you were talking what that brought up um about making sure it's affordable and doesn't price people out. One thing or I guess two, two things that always hit me is sometimes I'll be like, Oh, my prices are you know, they're too expensive. But then I see all the, the work, like we do chocolate making classes. I'm like, man, these, these ticket prices are expensive, right? But then I see how much work goes into what we do. Man. Right. And the specialty, like equipment that we have to bring with us to do these classes and the experience. And like we're curating a whole event. Mm-hmm. And then I look at how much they pay. I'm like, man, I didn't charge enough. Yeah. So you might think that it's like too expensive, but when you, when you when you're in the mix and doing the work, you probably if you think it's not enough, then go ahead and like don't feel bad about your Ooh. prices being what they are, or even hiking them up and get in the the normal habit of moving your prices up each year because the economy is changing. It's changing. More expensive. Yeah. You need to keep. We need to keep up. Right. We, the goal of a business is to be profitable. We yeah. need to keep that in mind. So funny that she brought up that um, raising your price every year. Did y'all see the the barber here locally that everybody was like going crazy about on Facebook? About no, what do you say? <laughs> How much I you didn't charge? See the post, but I saw everybody's reactions <laughs> to it. So many people reacted. So basically, the barber was like, um, "Coming these holidays, this you know, this year, he was going to change his prices from I don't even know what the original price was, but he said all cuts would go to eighty dollars." And I think he said either 35 or 65 for kids. That's interesting. And the city <coughs> was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, too, that that does play a part. Like, where we are is just, I don't know. Yeah. Woo, the mind yeah. here. So the mindset. Like two takes on it. So some people had a positive response to it, saying that, you know, that was kind of already what they pay. And then there were some people saying that he was insane and go see my barber because my barber would never charge this. And then some people also is like, this is, he's a marketing genius because what it did was bring Mm -hmm. a lot of attention to his business as a whole, whether, you know, they were saying something good or something bad, they were talking about his business. So what's your take on that type of marketing? Would you pay $80? 
Uh, girl. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I Look. mean, but I guess people, they be like, would you pay that for a box of bonbons? Exactly, girl. So it's relative. Yeah. It really is. I used to get my feelings hurt when people used to be like, so I remember this old man walked to my table and he was like, oh, actually, let me tell you this, sir. This one lady walked up to my table at the market and she was like, how much are your chocolates? And I told her the price. She was like, ooh, you know that's $3 a, bon- a bonbon? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, you know your competition. Competition, And she named a local chocolate shop. And she was like, they only charge $2 per bonbon. Like, why are your prices so expensive? Um, and I had to, you know, at first I was offended. Then I was kind of hurt. But I was like, you know what? She doesn't know. Right. So I explained to her what our mission was, why, what ingredients we use, how we support local, mm-hmm. how um, the cacao beans are specifically from Ghana, the experience that you get. I mean, you look at her packaging and you can tell right off the rip, this is not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. So she was like, okay, well, I'll just get a box. And she bought one box. Tell me why that woman became one of my best customers. Like, she's a VIP customer That's now. Okay. And every time she comes, she'll, she's at least buying three to five boxes. Oh All we're trying are new flavors. She'll stay and she'll chat. And so, you know, it might not be worth it to some people, and that's okay. But it's, what what is, when you think about the barber, what is that $80 haircut? Is it just a haircut or are you getting a massage? Right. Is he going through the whole thing? You getting a, a, some, some champagne? Are you getting the, the white glove treatment? What is coming with that $80? Yeah. For some people, it's not just a haircut. It is a time for them to de-stress. And they'll be willing to pay that $80 for that experience. So for me, it's all about what value are you giving your customer? You have to determine, we call it value proposition. So what value are you giving your customer where they're going to be willing to spend $80 to come to you versus $25 for somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. True story. I like that. Appreciate it. I just learned that in uh, boot camp. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all better pick up these gems. Oh, my goodness. Um, Let's take a break um, and let's talk about Simply Moguls has an event coming up. We actually have two events. Two events. So you want to tell the people about what's coming, what's, what we got? (laughs) (laughs) So first we're going to have a brunch, um, the Kirk Franklin Tribute, and it is called Second Service. So we want everyone to come out and have a good time with us because we're going to be listening to all of Kirk Franklin classics. Um, eating some good brunch and also drinking mocktails. There will be no alcohol served at this event and the tickets are $50 and you will also be able to enter the raffle to win tickets to go see Kirk Franklin live in Nashville. So that'll be happening November the 12th at one o'clock. Yes. <laughs> one I had to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second event. Oh, I can't wait for this. One. <laughs> is it what I think it is. November the no that's that's that's, she's talking about the vault yeah that's what I'm waiting for yes yes Lord (laughs) yeah so that's gonna be exciting we'll talk more about that but simply moguls we are gonna be doing an Usher and Chris Brown tribute okay so um DJ Shy, he's our resident DJ. He's going to be playing all of Usher's hits, all of Chris Brown's hits, and we, you know, we did a friendly little competition. So I think um, Usher, you wear black, black, and then Team Chris, you wear white. white. And so um, we will have some picture uh, photo op opportunities for you to take pictures in your black or your white. Um, rumor has it, I think I'm coming in both colors. I'm, <laughs> I can't pick one. So. Um, but those tickets are $65 and you can go on our website, simplymoguls.com and get both tickets because y'all always do this. Y'all wait to the last minute and then y'all be like hitting us up in our DMs. Can we meet? Can I, you got any more tickets left? And we'd be like, they sold out. Right. (laughs) So, um, please. We're doing tickets at the door this time. You don't? Okay. Yeah. We're not doing tickets at the door. So make sure you go get your tickets and thank you for supporting. Thank y'all. We can't wait. I'm really excited about Chris Brown. And <laughs> I'm excited about uh, Kirk too. Yes. Because at the last event, people up there about Kirk. Also, um, the game that we gave tickets away for the Falcons and um, Commanders game is today. Oh, yes. So our winners are actually at the game. Awesome. Today, so and we thank CMET 
Carter yes. Murphy exclusive travel um, where they make travel fun, elegant, extravagant, and exclusive. So we shout out to them. We thank them for being a podcast sponsor. Absolutely. All right, back to the conversation. <laughs> okay, so let's get into like, okay, so you primarily market on TikTok, correct? TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Oh, and email marketing. Email marketing. And you have an assistant. I have a, what is it? I like to say social media manager, but really she's like communications, all yes. communications. Okay. So talk to us about the viral moment oh, that you got uh, this year. Yes. So that was absolutely life-changing. I knew when it happened that, it, like, nothing was going to be the same. I knew it. I just oh. didn't know how crazy it would go. So the interesting thing about you bringing up working with a social media company is I started to work with a company November of last year. And while they did a, a, a decent job of taking the work off my hands and, like, the concept they shot was high quality, but I often felt like the messaging wasn't me, the brand wasn't me, the voice wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up leaving that company and going with somebody else later on. Well, I ended up leaving that company and taking it on myself again because I was paying a lot of money and I was getting the same engagement, same views that I did by myself. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I was actually doing like better, better. by myself. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I can't be paying you guys and not you know getting anything. So it just so happened that uh, during the top of the year, it was January, and I had seen, I had been a follower of Keith Lee for years. I had been watching him right at the beginning of the pandemic when he was still doing MMA fighting. And I knew the transition that he had made to do more food reviews, but a lot of it was like local, right? None mm-hmm. of it was doing e- an e-commerce and business And he's in like Vegas? Mine. He's a, in Vegas. Okay. I remember seeing a pickle video where he reviewed this lady who like pickles like food. And I was like, holy crap, like, she's an e-commerce, she ships. She, I don't think she was in Vegas, but I saw that she was shipping, so I was like, okay, I have a shot. So I told my husband the idea, and he, like, encouraged me, and I felt nervous. Like, I was so scared of rejection. I was going through a lot at that time, and I was like, I don't want to hear another no. I just can't take it. But every day, did you send the, did you send the email? Did you send the email? No, no, no. Eventually, I was like, okay, look, I'm tired of you asking me. <laughs> I'm going to send this email. So you can hush. So I sent the email, <laughs> and then that's when we started doing, we did a parody video, um, and I pretended to be him, and our followers tagged him in our video. We tagged him, and then our followers would go into his like videos that he was posting and tag us. And then uh, March of this year, I posted a video, and the funny thing is, the video was like, "God's gonna do it. He's gonna blow my mind." Something like that. And I posted the video, and I was just like, "I'm just like I wasn't even thinking that this was the video. I didn't. I don't even know if this was the video that got." And me. that'd be so crazy <laughs> because you do not ever know which video it's gonna be. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, at all. And you, you can put. 10 hours into editing a video and it gets five views. And the one that you shoot with no makeup and yeah, 10 seconds. That's the one, a million views. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I was like, what? Yeah. A strawberry brownies for me. Yeah, like yeah. two million views. What the? Oh, you yeah, know what, what mine is? The uh, Julius in my way at the Beyonce concert. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, still just going up there. It's just. Wow, yeah. like congratulations. Like it's 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 exciting to see that. It is. So, yeah, we we posted that video and I don't I like I said I don't know what was the video that caught his attention, but he ended up purchasing um chocolates from our website. I saw the order come in and I saw it and I was like it said Keith Lee, but it was shipping to like another name. Oh wait, I, so he purchased? Yeah, so that's the mm-hmm. thing. So he, he always buy. He purchases full price, no discounts and tips. From, yeah, and tips, and he tries to do it as anonymously as possible. Yeah. So he purchased from our website. Um, that way, his reviews are genuine. You know, there's no way you're like buying him off mm-hmm. and stuff right. like that. So he's very, 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 very genuine about the work that he does and really intentional. So I saw the order come through and I was like, this is not real. Then I saw it was in Vegas. And I was like. This is real. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> Tell me, I, I was a needless. I come home. I was like, oh my god, I'm trying not to scream. Like, I can't be just face order. And it was the day before my birthday, the day before I turned Aww. thirty. And I was gonna take the next day off. And I was like, girl, let me get in the kitchen. Right. We need to. We're sending <laughs> this order. Up. Okay. Yes. So I got in the kitchen. I um the next day we got everything packaged up. We shipped it. And I was like, look, I'm shipping it on a Wednesday. I don't know. It might take him three weeks to post this review if he even does it. 
So I kind of just put it away in my mind. And my my brother, who's at Chocolatier, he was leaving for Ghana the next week. So I was like, I kind of really hope he doesn't like post a review because we're going to be down one Chocolatier. And then it's just going to be two people. Like, what are we going to do? So come Friday, I had a market in the morning on Saturday. And I told God this was my last day working on a, on a Saturday. I was going to get back into church, get, start going to church on Sabbath again. And this was it. This was it. I was going to just do better. Rudy wakes me up like at 1 p.m., 1 a.m., maybe 2 a.m. I can't even remember now. And he like shows me this video. He's like, we got the review. And I'm like, I'm delirious. Like, why are you waking me up? Like, I have a market in the morning. Like, why are you showing me my own video? And I was like, wait. He stitched it. He stitched it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't post this. Yeah. So he stitched that video. He was just like, he, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I just remember watching the video and like freaking out. Oh I know you did. Tears girl. started rolling down my face. Girl, like, tears what? were rolling. I was screaming, jumping. Yes. Bella sleeping next to us. She's like, she didn't even wake up the whole like moment. I'm, I'm like, praising God. Then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we gotta go check our website. We go because we're reading through it. It's like everything is sold out. Everything is sold out. I'm like, wait, what? So I go. Everything I had for the market was sold out. So I was like, oh, well, oh my god, I know what to do with this because you know for for years we've been, we've been changing how we operate. Sometimes we take mm. pre-orders. Sometimes we make it, at, you know, we make it two orders. Sometimes we make it and then when you order we um, fulfill it fast. Yeah. So when I saw that everything was gone, I was like, well. I can't lose out on all this money and all this attention and all these these orders. Right. People want to order and they can't order right now because we don't have anything. You got to pivot. Girl, put everything on pre-order that moment. And it just started ringing. And I was like, you know what? Well, I have nothing for the market. So I get to go to church. Look at God. Mm-hmm. I now am able to start fulfilling my commitment to him. This happened the week I turned 30 in wow. the third month of 2023. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and the threes didn't stop there because God is so good. But um, I went to the market the next day and I was just like, hey guys, sorry. And it was a national black market. They came from Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt okay. bad. I was like, this is their first time <laughs> doing it here. I can't just not show up. Right. So I showed up. I explained my situation and I put a table out there. I put a car on I literally hand wrote in like a Sharpie marker and like a paper. We just got reviewed by Keith Lee. We've sold out. Um, if you want to, or you can pre-order, you know, yeah. online and grab a card or whatever. And I went to church and I was just praising God Listen. because I knew, I literally posted on Facebook. I don't know what this means, but I know our lives will never be the same. And it hasn't since. Ooh. Come on. I'm getting chills. Over here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Look, as, yeah. as long as I live, this one event showed me how miraculous God, like God can change your life overnight. Yes. And when I think of how it was before that moment, how we were like just in the trenches, in the struggle, going Ooh. on faith, losing jobs, losing money, just losing sleep, losing sleep mm. baby, postpartum, all these life changes and you feel like you're alone and like you're abandoned by God. And it's like, why is God not moving? I've been doing everything I'm supposed to. Nothing is happening the way it's supposed to. Jesus. And for God to change my life overnight. Y'all, you will never not convince me that God doesn't exist. Absolutely. Never. Girl, now I'm about to start tearing up. Because it does. And it is so yeah. interesting because then... Um, what people don't know, so Ella and I, we competed in a pitch competition, um, for a grant here uh, in the city. And ever since the first time that we met, we had kept up with each other and it was my prayer. And I don't know, I don't think I ever told you this, but Mm -hmm. it was my prayer that if we ever pitched, we pitched on the same stage Mm. and, this year, we pitched on the same stage, and mm. we won first and second place. Yeah. And... I think, yes. we, I think we knew we were going to win first and second. Yeah, Because we planned our party. We did. We planned our party. And so many people was like, not y'all planning the party. We just knew I, it was the year of Black Girl Magic. That's right. And so, um, actually, being on the stage um, with my sister in business, that was, like, one of my earnest prayers um because it is very challenging to um 
to be a woman in business, but to be a black woman in business and mm-hmm. to be doing it at a level that you're recognized. Yes. And to get $30,000, $15,000, $10,000, $5,000, any amount of money, free money, um, for people to see you, like really see you in your business and, and recognize that, I really wanted to to be on the same stage. And so when she's talking about those threes, she won $30,000, I won fifteen, And then the next, well, no, it wasn't even the next month. Seven days later, I mm-hmm. won another fifteen. So we both wound up winning $30,000. Girl. So. <laughs> I said so. I said yeah. So I am the biggest advocate for. I don't know what, and I quote you a lot when we talked about our divorce. Um, when you said, "This is part of God's plan," like I don't know what you're doing, right. but I'm I'm trusting you in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how this bill gonna get paid, but guess <laughs> what? I trust you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you know I'm gonna make it from here to Atlanta because I got booked for a job. Cause the truck is acting great, but guess what? I trust you. That's right. Um, I always tell people it is the biggest comparison to a walk of faith. Being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. it is. If you are not a Christian, mm. I don't know how, how are you, holding on? you are holding on. <laughs> Being woo. an entrepreneur, you have to. There is. You have to believe in a higher power. Mm-hmm. Like. Have to. Like, I cannot reiterate that enough. Like, and especially being an entrepreneur, that is a mogul. And remember, we talked about what a mogul is, like doing multiple things well at the same time. So you have two moms that are business owners, a wife, a daughter, granddaughter, friend, church member, sis. You know what I'm saying? You have all of these things that you're trying to do well mm-hmm. and grow something grow something from the ground up Woo. you know marco uh one of my mentors he said something beautiful he said he's privileged to be in the role that he's in helping entrepreneurs specifically like black female entrepreneurs because he gets to see us create like we don't come from a background where somebody writes us a check to help us out it's easy to get a business loan um, you know, we have help from, you know, family. They love us, but they don't have the financial means yeah. to support right. us. There's no trust. There's nothing like that. And so he gets to create, see us create from the ground up, from ideation, something from a literal nothing. And he says the only person, as a person of faith, the only entity he's seen do that is God. And so he says mm-hmm. watching us create something from nothing Amen. allows him to see the power of God. Mm-hmm. And that, whoo, when I heard yeah. that... <laughs> Yeah, you that's you that's why you cannot be an entrepreneur, I think, especially for us without faith, because we are literally creating something from nothing. And the amount of faith that we have to have is the the as tiny as it is, it's the amount of faith that's powerful enough to literally move mountains. Yeah. And as a kid reading the Bible, you know, you read faith as a mustard seed can move my what? what? It didn't Girl, make sense. Wait a minute, I got now. a mustard seed over there in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> um I was listening to a sermon and and he said, a lot of people think that when it says, oh, ye of little faith, they're talking about the size, like, small-wise. But mm-hmm. he said some translations came in lengthwise. So having a longer span of faith yes. when you're in something like this, because, baby, you got to go the distance. It had your faith has to go the distance. It has to go from, like you said, ideation to you just got to keep having faith till you see <laughs> yep. what you want to see. see. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's it can be frustrating. You want to give up, honey. I done thought about selling these numbers, selling these letters, and moving on to something else. But it's just like that thing inside you be like, Mm-mm. you know, it's it's something greater on the other side of, because you start thinking like, well, why am I getting this idea or this thought to like give up? Mm. Because it's something on the other side of me pushing through it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's what you're developing and growing and changing in yourself through that process Mm. of having faith to the, 
to the other side because as you grow a business, it doesn't become easier. You just have no. bigger problems, Ooh. and you could like you know it's it's not it's not it's not nothing to shut down a business when it's like just you. You're the only person you're just right. making like maybe a thousand a month. But if this is like a whole company, a whole corporation that you have. It is more to think about. Yeah, it is more to think about. And, like, you will fall from a higher distance. And so you have to be able to, like, push through the tough times when you're small because there's going to be bigger problems that you're going to have to deal with as a as, as a bigger co- company. Mm-hmm. And you have to have, once again, that mindset to push through. So anything that you're going through now, they always say it's not, it's not a, a loss, it's a lesson. All of it is what is God trying to teach me through this? Because the skills that I'm going to learn in this process – it's going to come back and help me later. And I've seen that in my journey. Everything I apply, I, 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 all the skills that I gained as, you know, when I was a photographer, when I was, you know, cre- creating my own graphics, when I was a teacher, all of those skills I'm literally using now in building my business. I've never designed packaging in my life, but everything I did with graphic design, I was able to pull up a program and start designing my own packaging. I've never done social media in my life, but everything I did as a photographer, that helped me when I was creating content, helped me with lighting, everything. As a teacher, now we do classes. That stage presence, I'm able to go in and captivate the audience because I was able to do that as a teacher day in and day out. So what what are you supposed to learn in this moment that's gonna help you as you grow your business and learn that lesson. Don't be hard headed. Learn that lesson so you Jesus. don't have to keep going through it. My God. Come on, you better preach right. to us today. <laughs> Pass the Girl, Ella. I used to be a preacher. <laughs> you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I used to do you, at church. you better preach to us. Listen, Church yeah. of Moguls, we are here. That's right. Encounter for in the mm. congregation. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, any uh we always do um oh, we didn't do um Mogul motivation. You had a moment. I don't recall. She went to Atlanta Fashion Week. <laughs> she's under. Ooh, she's in the spirit. <laughs> she's in the spirit. Monique went to Atlanta Fashion Week. Ooh. She um, styled hair for some of the models. So we are yeah. very proud of her and taking yeah. steps to her dream. And so, um, yes, we are very, very proud. Um, you want to talk about it? Or are you about to cry? Okay. <laughs> and then do you mind sharing like what your dream is? Oh, girl. I would love to hear that. I have so many. Um, so one, I have a new business that I want to start that involves hair. I can't say it because we talked about this, you know, overshare. Yes. Yes. But, um, my dream is to actually work on sets for film and hair. That's my dream. Yes. Um, and potentially one day own a salon as well. Yeah. To start a probably a hair care line as well. That's my dream. I love it. Thank you. You got big dreams. You got a bunch of big dreams. Uh, look, I'm about to start singing Jasmine Sullivan. <laughs> I got dreams to buy expensive things. Um, right. my dream. I I have come to realize that. I just enjoy building, like building women, building community, uh, building props. But I am a very creative person. And so anytime I get to build, like even just having a space for creatives to come and, you know, do a podcast. But I had a dream that the I should have named Limelight not podcast studio, but production studio because I – it's been on me heavier to like shoot pilots for TV shows mm. and stuff. So, um, Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So yes. I, I yes. definitely, I want to get into that role and I don't know if that's where I'm feeling this kind of move where, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful that God is aligning those kind of thoughts. Cause it kind of, when I first was like, I really want to move. It just kind of felt like, what like you know this is home i've always been here um i built you know a successful business here you know and in attempting to build you know more businesses but it just kind of was like mm, i think your time down here is winding uh, on down and so then i started having like dreams consecutively about like film and and tv and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know, then that's when I kind of started thinking about where I want to move to and kind of narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
Um, I think you know that is a good question. Like, what are your dreams? Um, I don't know. I, I do know that like I enjoy being creative, and I know that. I was thinking about this the other day that God gives every person what they need to be successful and what they need to like reach the level of life that they want. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about like singers and stuff, that's like amazing to me that their vocal cords give them the opportunity to have the lifestyle that they want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Usher. Chris Brown, the people that we talked about, Kirk Franklin, like his life story is on the inside of him. And that is what he uses mm -hmm. to have the lifestyle that he's accustomed to and that he wants. And so I just believe that everything that God has allowed me to go through um, from losing both my parents, losing my first marriage, losing my first baby, all of those things are on the inside of me. And I know that my creativity, you know, the love that I have for creating spaces and building people, um, you know, I just know that that's part of the plan. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but we're going to see. I'm going to ride it out, me and, me and, me and God, me and God. Um, final mogul moments. Uh, we are winding down. We thank Ella for coming yes. through. Thank you for being our first guest. Yes. Thank you for having me. Now I'm going to have to come back like at the 100th episode or something like that. <laughs> and be like, I was the first I one. The first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so final mogul moment. Um, what are you taking away as far as marketing like a mogul? Marketing like a mogul. No, I'm going to take away narrowing down your target customer mm -hmm. or audience. I'm that is so important, especially because I feel like now I'm like the marketing person of Simply Mogul. <laughs> Listen, I was like, um, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so, Listen, and this is what she does. So she gave it over to me. And because just I just feel like, like you will never learn mm -hmm. how to do it if you put it on me because you know that I know how to do it or right. I'm already doing it. So... That's how you grow. Yes, this is definitely a growing project. And, and <laughs> you got it. So um, that was a good, good thing for me to use for our business. Before I give my mogul moment, can you speak to hashtags? Like, yeah. um, I know some people are like, you should only use two. And you should not use FYP and like. Don't listen to anybody. Okay, don't listen. To anybody. <laughs> not a, not a damn thing. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I have seen videos go viral and they put FYP trending viral. And I've seen videos go viral and they put no hashtags. For a business, your hashtag really is just to help when people search you, you pop up. So almost see it like search engine optimization or SEO. So whatever is. Whoever your target customer audience is and whatever you think they're looking for and you want them to find you, like that's Google. the hashtag you use. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's consistent. Ha I will always put hashtag Coco Asante. Yeah. Um, and that helps give my brand more visibility. So when you look up Coco Asante, you're going to see that we have such and such million views. Right. Yeah. And that's going to be better for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a chocolate company, so I always put hashtag Ghana. And then from there, it depends on what type of video I'm, if, am I using. Is it humorous? Right. I might. Or is it related to some sort of trend? I'll use that hashtag for that specific trend. Um, if, if if this is a behind the scenes and I know people are looking for BTS, hashtag BTS, or whatever it is that I know people are searching, yeah. that's what I'm going to use in my hashtags. The amount, um, honestly, it fluctuates per platform per day. It could change between today and tomorrow, Instagram's like, well, it's better if you use two. It's better if you use ten. You just never know. So don't. Feel Wait, who said that? No, I'm just, I'm just saying something oh. random. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That's why. Because there was a point in time where <laughs> it was like you can use as many hashtags as you could fit was better. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, well, you don't want to use more than I think last I heard it was like four or five. I don't really know. So it's always by you, it's always changing. Yeah. But just make sure your hashtags allow people to search for your content more and. Building on that is also your captions. It's if you use captions in your video, that's that's helpful. Um, I don't know how many times you'll watch a video and you're like, maybe 
maybe you're at work or maybe you're like sitting somewhere like an office space um, or a waiting room and you're watching a video on TikTok and you're using the subtitles to help you see what's going mm. on in the video, but you're not playing the sound, right? Because you're in a public space. So think about that also for people staying on your video and watching. And then of course the caption that you use at the top of the video um, to hook them in, but also make sure it's relevant. So once again, your searchability. Now when you go and you watch TikTok videos, if you hit the comments, will pop up at the top is you'll see like words in blue and a little like like a magnifying glass like that mm -hmm. search yeah. symbol yeah and you'll see like what people are searching for to get to that video so oh, yeah so that'll sales. help you with your with your hashtags as well so what are your what's your target customer everything starts from your target customer what are they going to be searching for to find you and what can you put in your videos your your hashtags your captions and your hook that the words at the top of your video to help people find you that, that's all you need to be thinking about the rest the, it'll come mm. okay well um my final mogul moment I think I'm taking away um that your life can change overnight mm. literally just like in the blind steps of faith like you know this is a long shot. Like I'm trying to reach this man who has 16 million followers. I have a many he's got, but I'm going to tag him in blind faith. And he got, he did a review for me. Right. You know what I mean? And like my life is literally changed overnight. Y'all, I was there. I was helping him. <laughs> I was helping her package. I listen, I ain't clocked in for nobody in three years, but I clocked in yeah. and I, you know, would go over there to her packing parties and we used to I built the boxes like so when I when she speaks about her product being luxury, like every step of the process in her business, she's hands on with and it shows. And so you think them boxes come already done, they come flat and she builds them hand by hand. So I was there, she showed me how to do that. Then, you know, walked us through packaging the bonbons and then, you know, she had to ship them out. And so just seeing that with my own eyes, like you talk about somebody who was thanking God for a $900 a year. And then you have people ordering three and four hundred dollars in one order. Mm -hmm. Your life can change overnight. And and here's the kicker: it be God using a person, a person's words, mm. to not only help a business, but He's doing exactly what this podcast episode was about: marketing. Mm -hmm. right? Marketing like a mogul, just being himself, you know, supporting other businesses. So it just, it, that's what I'm taking away. It's like reigniting the faith and the fire and the belief that in my little business that is growing into a big business, my life can change overnight. That's my final mogul moment. What about you, Della? <laughs> oh man now does this mogul moment have to be from like the podcast today or just like in general what i'm learning um today. yeah today. Today. just today okay um i think for me what i learned today is just the reiteration of like mindset is everything and that where I was in marketing when I first started, I think I only had like a Facebook and Instagram and I converted my personal Instagram to be my business Instagram. And to where I am now, the growth that we've gone through um, has been amazing, but it all started from my mindset and just willing to be able to put myself out there um, and showcase what we do and showcase the brand and be as genuine and authentic to myself and the brand as possible um, and just, growing with that and it's it's nice now to be able to hand it off to somebody 
but we've built it in a way where that somebody knows what to do and how to represent the brand to the point where people don't know that it's not me yeah on my social medias people, my friends will send me stuff and they'll be like well why didn't you respond and i'm like girl it's not me <laughs> don't say anything that you don't want nobody else to see because it's not me <laughs> so it's just really beautiful to be able to see that um and now um i had my uh I call him my, my CFO. He's really my accountant, but he does CFO services. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember one day he walked in and he was, he used to always tell me like, you need to stop working in Coco Sante. You need to stop working in Coco Sante. And he walked in one day and I had the team going. We had packaging and filming going. People were working. We had kitchen production. The team was going. And I was, I was just managing the business. And he was like, you finally look like a business owner. And so the shift from me working in my business, doing everything, doing all the marketing, figuring out the SEO, picking up email marketing, which, by the way, we didn't talk about that. But email marketing is one of the most intimate ways for me to reach my customers. See, I be thinking I be getting on people nerves. Girl, intimate. Way. Now, I'm not going to spam you like, you know, Shein or all the other people. <laughs> well, maybe that's they why. Be, they be texting you every day. Time. And I'm like, leave me alone, Ooh. right? <laughs> but we do once a month. And when we send it, we send valuable things. We send information. We send deals. We send it like a special little code just mm-hmm. for people who are email marketing. And we know if I send an email, mark, um, a marketing video, or sorry, a marketing email, um, I'm going to get a certain percentage of people who are going to open it and a certain percentage of people who are actually going to go through and purchase. Mm-hmm. So I know if I post on social media certain things, yeah, it'll get me some, but the biggest converter is my email marketing hands down. I love that. So, um, yeah, but just to be able to pass off all of that and let somebody else manage it because I've built it up um, is, is, is a really beautiful thing. And to see my mind my mindset change as we've grown has been beautiful. I love that. Oh, I do have a final mogul moment. I did want to say that it is a beautiful thing to see that although you two are local business owners and, you know, y'all did the pitch competition, y'all did not, like, bite each other's heads off. And it was not, Oh, no. that's my sister. Yeah. yeah. No, but you no, no, no. know what the stigma can be in our city. Yeah. And when it's two girls going for the same thing, you're going to hear some... Now, some negative talk. So, I just want to apologize for being beautiful black women and successful business owners and doing what y'all do. 